0: Helping you live well, stay well, while keeping pace with today's rapidly changing healthcare environment. That's Summit Medical Group. And now it's time for SMG Radio. Here's Melanie Cole.
1: Hepatitis is a disease of the liver, and there are three distinct types that are most common, ranging from a preventable and easily curable infection, hepatitis A, to other variations, including hepatitis B and C, that are acute and chronic diseases. My guest today is Dr. Raymond Kenny. He's a gastroenterologist who specializes in liver disease, including chronic hepatitis C and B, and autoimmune hepatitis at Summit Medical Group. Welcome to the show. Dr. Kenny, tell us a little bit about hepatitis and these different subtypes. What exactly is hepatitis?
0: Hepatitis is an inflammation of your liver, um, regardless of cause. It could be drug-related. It could be virally related, which is particularly what we're talking about here, hepatitis A, B, and C. Those are three distinctly different viruses that have nothing in common with each other, other than that their target organ is the of them causing hepatitis, but they're different viruses, have different causes, and have different implications for the patient.
1: So then let's start with A, like the alphabet, hepatitis okay. A. Tell us a little bit about each type and how it's transmitted, whether there's a vaccine for it, and how it is, is it contagious?
0: Well, classically, hepatitis A was called infectious hepatitis for that reason. It's easily transmitted. It can be transmitted by inanimate objects. It's basically um transmitted by a person who's got the infection, some inadequate hand washing transmitted on inanimate objects, to other people. so people who are in close contact get this uh classically, you would think about closed communities uh armies, for example, soldiers uh housed together would, would contact this and would spread rapidly through, through the core. Um, it is not as common in the United States as it once was, basically for the reasons of, uh, hand washing. And, uh, importantly, it is one of the vaccine preventable, uh, hepatitis. It's hepatitis A and B are vaccine preventable.
1: And are there some symptoms? How would you know if you had hepatitis A?
0: Well, uh, in the United States, one of the key elements is, is it's, it's, you, if you travel to an endemic area, if you travel to an area where it's more common, if you came back from Mexico, that would be one of the things. Uh, in the United States, it's not commonly transmitted, but basically these people present with a, a, a feeling of having the flu, and then finally they become jaundiced. Their eyes turn yellow, their, their urine turns tea colored. And at that point, they actually are starting to feel a little bit better.
1: Now, these are viruses we're talking about, not bacteria, correct?
0: That's correct.
1: So what are the treatments that you do?
0: Uh Basically, it's supportive in the case of hepatitis A. Most people recover from that. Uh The, the mortality, their chance of dying from hepatitis A is only 2% in an adult. So 98% of the time, you're going to go through this uh illness and... In children, you might not even get jaundice. You don't think that they have the flu. Symptoms will go away, and there will be no long-term consequences of hepatitis A. Uh It's very different for hepatitis B and C. They have uh, situations where, uh particularly with hepatitis C, you, you don't get jaundice or is sick with the acute infection, but it goes on to be chronic. We think that's that goes on chronic, in other words, Anything beyond six months, but basically we're talking about an infection that goes on for years and,
1: so then uh, the, let's move let's move on to hepatitis B. Tell us about that. what are the symptoms, how is it contracted, and what is the treatment?
0: Um, for the most part, there are not a lot of symptoms for hepatitis B. Uh, it really depends on when you contract the illness and the and the mechanism of of, of, of uh, transmission is different worldwide. Uh, in, in areas where there's a high uh, frequency of hepatitis B, say uh, Asia and S- uh, Southeast Asia, that it's usually acquired by what we call vertical transmission from the mother to the uh, infant at the time of birth. And the body's reaction at that time is, is one of what we call immune tolerance. It doesn't attack the virus very heavily so that the... Uh, person, the infant, doesn't become jaundiced and doesn't become very sick with it, the consequence of that same immune reaction is that it tends to be lingering. It becomes chronic. It lasts over decades or a lifelong illness when it's contracted early on by that mechanism. In the United States, the mechanism is different. It's usually contracted as an adolescent or an adult through uh, IV drug use or sexual transmission. And more commonly in the United States at that age, the immune system is more developed, it attacks the virus very vigorously, you become jaundiced, you become sick. And fortunately, 90% of the time, you clear the virus. A very different course, depending on when you got it and what the mechanism was.
1: And is there a hepatitis B vaccine?
0: Yes, it's one of the two vaccine-preventable hepatitis. Hepatitis A and B are... Uh, preventable we don't yet have a, uh, a viable vaccine for hepatitis c
1: and when do you get that vaccine
0: uh in the united states it's basically it's it's uh given to you in childhood uh for hepatitis b now, hepatitis a you would get that when you're going to an endemic area it's not that common as i said before and have hepat- uh have have hepatitis a in the united states
1: let's move on to hepatitis C. This is the one we seem to hear the most about. Tell us a little bit about how it's contracted and what symptoms that you might have that would send you to see somebody to get tested.
0: Probably the most important thing to recognize about hepatitis C is you don't have any symptoms. 70% of the people who have had this don't know that they have it. Um, it's contracted, generally speaking, in the United States, by someone uh, in, in age, say, around 20 through... Uh, intravenous drug use. In the past, the blood supply uh, before 1990 or 92, and then when we had screened the blood supply with uh, serologic testing, uh, iatrogenic use, particularly for hemophiliacs who have received a lot of blood uh, products, or uh, packed red blood cell transfusion for people getting, say, a, a coronary artery bypass or a hysterectomy, that transmitted at that point. Uh, at the... Uh, rate of infection has decreased dramatically since the blood supply has been cleared up with the serologic testing. And unfortunately, we as I said before, we don't have a vaccine to prevent this.
1: Then what is the treatment if someone is infected with hepatitis C and this is a chronic thing and they could have it for their whole life? They have to be careful of some things for the rest of their life, right? And if they bleed, this is the kind of thing now that they have to watch out for... Con- you know, setting it off to other people?
0: Uh, fortunately, the, the, the transmission to other people uh, is actually almost if by, by letter. Most for infectious uh, uh, hepatitis A, um, more for hepatitis B, household contacts should all be vaccinated for hepatitis B. Hepatitis C, it's not readily transmitted through household contacts. We do recommend, you know, things that you probably wouldn't do as a general health Uh, recommendation to begin with. You wouldn't share toothbrushes, you wouldn't share razors, but household transmission to household contracts with hepatitis C is is not common. Uh, The uh, person with hepatitis C is walking out there, really has no symptoms whatsoever. Uh, 70% of them have some abnormal liver tests so that if their doctor checks a liver enzyme panel, they'll be elevated, but 30% of them actually have normal liver enzyme tests, so there's no way... To check for that unless you specifically do the antibody test for it. That's why the recommendations are now that everyone who was born between 1945 and 1965 be screened for hepatitis C. And uh, the, the logic for that is that this is basically a baby boomer disease. 70% of the people who have this disease were born in that in between those two years. So if you're born in those two years, general expectation for the population is to be screened for hepatitis C. If you knew, for example, you had a history of IV drug use in the the past, remote past, even if it was 20, 30 years ago, you certainly should be tested for hepatitis C.
1: And what treatment do you have?
0: Well, we happen to be at an era here where there are fantastic treatments. I mean, I've been doing this for, for 25 years and earlier on we had treatments that made you quite sick. Uh, Probably between 20 and 40 percent of the time you took the treatment for 48 weeks uh, but we made you sicker than uh, we probably made more people sicker than we made better. Now fortunately we have highly effective medications that are oral medications without injections taken once a day for 12 weeks working 96% effectively with no side effects. It's really a fantastic revolution in the treatment of hepatitis C.
1: In just the last few minutes Dr Kenny give us your best advice about understanding hepatitis and why people should come to Summit Medical Group for their care
0: Well hepatitis has enormous consequences particularly for hepatitis B and hepatitis C which are the chronic infections Hepatitis C is currently the most common reason to have a liver transplantation it's the most common reason for for liver failure in the United States 50% of what people used to think was alcohol related cirrhosis is actually hepatitis C. And we now, as I said before, have highly effective, non-toxic medication that can cure this disease, which has terrible consequences. For the people with hepatitis B, who anyone who's uh, immigrated to the United States from that belt of, of, of uh, Asia where this is common should be screened for hepatitis B because even those that have normal liver function tests, uh, have that immune-tolerant phase that we're talking about. They're at risk to, to develop liver cancer. Uh, so they should be screened and followed to prevent that from happening. And the household context, everyone else should be vaccinated to prevent the transmission and, and carrying on this on to future generations.
1: Thank you so much. What a fascinating topic, and you're so well-spoken. Thank you so much. You're listening to SMG Radio. For more information, you can go to summitmedicalgroup.com. That's summitmedicalgroup.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.